If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 659. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back in the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. If you are watching at YouTube, click on that super thanks button under the video, the little heart. You can throw a few pennies my way there. You can also go to brianmcclanahan.com, B-R-I-O-M, mcclanahan.com. You can click on the support tab there and throw a few pennies my way. While you're there... Give me that email address and I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You get on my email list, you get great coupons at McClanahan Academy, which is another great way to support the, uh, the podcast, I should say. Uh, support the podcast at brianmcclanahan.com. Click on the support tab, but also go to McClanahan Academy. It's free to enroll and you can buy courses there. And these courses are awesome. The latest class is Reading Abraham Lincoln, you're going to want it. It's on sale through July 5th, 2022, if you're watching this podcast or listening to it in that time period. Make sure you get out there and purchase that class because you're really going to like it. And we're going to talk about Lincoln on tomorrow's episode again. So kind of leading into the July 4th weekend. But as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally and send me those show requests. This is an interesting topic we're going to cover today, and um, it goes back to cancel culture and wokeism and everything that's going on in America. And one of the major tenets of that, of course, is reparations. If, you've, if you're paying attention, what people really want on the left is for the general government to pay off Americans for past injustices. And I remember it was probably... Uh, let's see, I, I would say maybe around 2013 or so, somewhere in there. Maybe maybe earlier than that. Maybe it was 2012. I, I can't remember the exact year. Uh, it might have been earlier than that. Maybe 2010. But I was invited to participate in a panel on... Um, it was uh, February, so it was Black History Month. And I was invited to participate on a panel. And my my topic was the legacy of slavery. Now... Um, I, I, I don't think the, the panel appreciated my, my presentation because it was not what they wanted to hear. I wasn't blaming anything. In fact, my entire presentation was on modern-day slavery and how slavery still exists around the world. If we really want to be anti-slavery, we should be looking at these things in places like Asia and Africa and, and Haiti and other parts of the world that still have slavery. And my point was that, you know, look, we, we don't have the same things that we had even in the 1950s and 60s in America, um, where there were restrictions on, on people. Um, we just, we had them, we don't have now. And, but I remember one particular panelist and then one guest in the audience said something that really, it's, it's stuck with me for over a decade now. And that was when, when, People, when we have, and you're speaking of minorities in America, when we have 400 years of power, then we can talk about fairness. That was his point. When we have 400 years of power, we can talk about fairness. Now, 
this is what this all comes down to. At the end of the day, cancel culture, wokeism, take your pick of anything the left is doing. The center of it all is power. And there was a, a Michael Malice said something in, in, on Twitter the other day when he's not goofing off and being funny. He said something that was important. It was Stacey Abrams has flip-flopped in her positions on uh, police, for example. You know, for a while it was defund the police, get rid of the police. Now, because she's running for governor again, I believe in the police. Because at the end of the day, all Stacey Abrams wants is power. She doesn't really care what principles are involved or anything else. It's about power. Being at the top rather than the bottom. And it's a symbol for people particularly people in minority groups that hadn't had power before, to be in these positions of power. And that becomes a very alluring and attractive thing because abuse of power isn't really abuse of power anymore. If you've been at the bottom, well, the people that were in power, they deserve to get abused. This is the point. This is where they really believe this stuff. They deserve it. They And I deserve, because I've been at the bottom, special things, or at least money or power, whatever it is that they want. They deserve those things because they or their ancestors, and this is where the ancestor thing, I'm going to talk about a piece today, it's very important. Their ancestors were, did not have power, right? They were abused. So this is only fair to them. This is what they mean by justice. Justice is not fairness today. Justice is retribution for things that happened before I was even born, before my grandparents were even born, or maybe before my great-grandparents were even born. Right? That's justice. So it doesn't matter if any of us today walking around in America have been part of a, a, a system of uh, lifelong bondage. It doesn't matter if nobody's there. Nobody in America walking around. I mean, well, I say this, because somebody could be from somewhere else where they have slavery. But nobody in America is part of a system of slavery today. Now, I know the left, and I'm going to talk about this tomorrow with the Abraham Lincoln piece. I mean, they're hilarious. Uh, well, the 13th Amendment still allowed slavery. We still have penal slavery, right? And then, then uh, prison slavery. But regardless of that, Nobody walking around today, and that's just a silly argument anyways. Nobody walking around today is a, is a person who has been part of a system of slavery in America. No one. No one. And thankfully, I mean, that's great. We don't, we don't have that anymore. That's good. People have the ability and the freedom to choose what they want to do with their lives. They can go get a job here or there. They can do what they want. Nobody's responsible for them. Nobody has to take care of them, at least. Not unless you become a ward of the state. Uh, and because you, you don't take care of yourself or whatever the case may be. But this is, this is where we are today. But the point is, it's about power. And so I'm going to read this piece. There's a, there's a 2019, a woman sued Harvard University. Harvard University owns a collection of photographs, daguerreotypes, that were taken by one of its faculty members who was a, a racialist. And this is, you know, Massachusetts, right? He was a racist on the faculty there. And he believed that blacks were inferior. And so he went out down to slave plantations and took pictures of slaves. In fact, these pictures are very famous. They were, it was in South Carolina. Um, they were... Um, they were taken, and of course, both of the individuals were disrobed from the waist up. And so this is humiliating, right? I mean, it was 
humiliating, I'm sure, for the slaves at the time, perhaps, um, humiliating for people now. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to see, right? These, these are hard images to see because you know these people were exploited, okay? So Harvard every now and then shows these photographs, these daguerreotypes. Harvard has these daguerreotypes in their possession, and they require a fee to republish these things anywhere. Now, that's an interesting topic in and of itself. These daguerreotypes are, should be in the public domain because they're older. <laughs> they, were, they were actually made in the 1850s, right? So there really isn't, and this is where you get into photographs and other things. Oh, this, is this stuff in the public domain? Is it not in the public domain? We know books, anything before essentially 1917 is in the public domain. Um, I mean, the books are out there. You can, you can do whatever you want with them. You can republish them. You can publish them all yourself. I mean, you can do anything you want with a public domain book, right? So we know that this stuff is in the public domain. We know images are a little more tricky because, you know, a painting could be owned by a private individual. Is that the public domain because somebody privately owns it? Well, in this case, it's a university that owns these photographs. But a woman who is a descendant of these former these slaves, who were never former slaves, of these slaves in South Carolina says that they are humiliating for her and she wanted Harvard to give them to her, that they would become her property because they were they're her family. Now, that's an interesting argument, right? You have these images out there of somebody that is in your family and somebody else owns the images. Do you, do you retain possession of those or does the institution or entity that owns the images retain possession of those? Now, to an extent, I mean, we could say that if it's just a simple family photograph, I mean, somebody would say, well, yeah, I'll just give them back to you. I mean, these are your family pictures. And essentially, that's what this woman is saying. These are my family pictures. And you're exploiting these people, and that's creating humiliation for me because of the nature of the photographs. These people are slaves. And, of course, it's humiliating. And this was done without their consent and all these other things. So she, not, she wanted to control this, and she said Harvard profited unnecessarily from this. She wanted money out of it. She wanted reparations, essentially, for these photographs. They Even after she contacted Harvard in 2017, they continued to show the photographs. They continued to charge to, to, to use the photographs and publications. She's saying that should have been my money and my consent to do any of that for with these photographs. These are mine. And that brings up an interesting question. You know, is, uh, is an image of Thomas Jefferson, is that still owned by the Jefferson family? Is an image of any historical figure still owned by the family itself, even if it's been donated to a museum or donated to a university, a private entity? Does the family still retain control of those images? And generally, the question, the answer to that is no, they don't. Once it's donated or given, or it's a private collection or something else, the photographer, in fact, even if you, this, this is funny, if you go and get pictures made, let's say you want family pictures, you don't own those pictures. Because you're in them, the photographer owns the pictures. And in this case, because the photographer was a professor at Harvard and gave his collection to the institution, then it becomes Harvard's property. But is there a caveat to this? And that's where this woman comes into play. And again, this is about money and power. She wanted power over these photographs and over the institution of Harvard. And in so many ways, Harvard deserves this. Right? I, I don't... I don't feel bad for Harvard at all, but 
Um, this particular question, I mean, it's it's uh, you know, this throws into into question a lot of things with um, with old photographs and old uh, old visual material. So uh, this is from the AP, June 25th. A Connecticut woman who says she descended from slaves who are portrayed in, a, in widely published historical photos owned by Harvard University can sue the school for emotional distress, Massachusetts High Court ruled Thursday. So this is emotionally distressing for her to see these things. This is Snowflake 101, right? It's emotionally distressful to see her ancestors in these images. Now, I... Anybody looks at these things and says, "Wow, I mean, this is this is this is tough. I mean, they're, they're hard to see, right?" Um, but that could be the response from anyone. Now, I know she is, of course, descended from these people. I mean, she says she is. I, I don't, I'm sure she can prove that. Uh, but she can now sue Harvard University because they have these photos. They put them on display, and that's emotionally distressing for her. Uh, on the other hand, when you look at these photos, you can see there's a noble spirit to these people. I mean, is it? Uh, I mean, there's there's almost a, you know there's a look. Uh, in some ways, uh, you can pity them, but also you can see that there is uh, pride in these individuals too. Um, so there's there's several things going on here. But she can sue now. She can sue Harvard for historical photographs that are emotionally distressing to her. The piece continues. The state's Supreme Judicial Court played partly vacated a lower court ruling that dismissed a complaint from Tamara Lanier over photos she says depict her enslaved ancestors. The images are considered some of the earliest that show enslaved people in the U.S. The court concluded that Nor the Norwich resident and her family can plausibly make a case for suffering, negligent, and indeed reckless infliction of emotional distress from Harvard and remanded that part of their claim to the state superior court. The judges said the university failed to contact Lanier when it used one of the images on a book cover and prominently featured it in materials for a campus conference, even after she had reached out about her ancestral ties. And some, despite its duty of care to her, Harvard cavalierly dismissed her ancestral claims and disregarded her request, despite its own representations that it would keep her informed of further developments, the ruling states. So because she says, hey, those are my ancestors, I, that makes me very uncomfortable that she showed those pictures. Harvard shows the pictures anyways, and now she can sue Harvard because she says, those are my ancestors, that makes me, that makes me distressed. Now think about, I mean, this is just silly in a lot of ways. Right? These are historical images that in many ways, are ne they're never put out to glorify the institution of slavery in one, one iota, right? They're always shown to be this is this is the face of slavery. Isn't that terrible? Isn't this horrible that these things were taken? And uh, so that that it's not done to to uh, put anyone down or show a positive side. But yet Lanier thinks that this is distressful, and she wants money because you see Harvard has a lot of it. This is all about money. In some ways, it's a shakedown, right? I mean, this this is a this is a shakedown. And that's what all these things come down to. It's about power and money. Now, she wanted the picture. She said, you're going to give them to me. And no, the, the court said, no, no, you're not getting the pictures. But you can sue for emotional distress and maybe you can get some money out of this. And would that make you feel better? Essentially is what they're saying. But the high court upheld the lower court's ruling that the photos are the property of the photographer who took them and not the subject themselves. 
A descendant of someone whose likeness is reproduced and a daguerreotype would not therefore inherit any property right to that daguerreotype, the high court wrote in its ruling. Lanier's attorney said Thursday's ruling was a historic win that marks one of the first times a court has ruled that descendants of enslaved people can seek accountability for what their ancestors endured. Ha ha! There is the key paragraph. Or key sentence, I should say. It's in a paragraph. Key sentence. This is about money. What this is doing is setting up for reparations. So anything. It's accountability. There's accountability. You did this. You did this. You owe us something. You owe us today for what happened to our people then. Well, can we extend this out to anybody? What about what about people that were indentured servants? I mean, what about that? What about Irish immigrants who were abused and, and uh, put down, and, or German immigrants, or Jews, or anybody else? Can these people sue for things that, people were, that were done to them in prior generations of people? Well, this just gets to be just about silly. But this is exactly what the point of this case was. The piece continues, Harvard is not the rightful owner of these photos and should not profit from them, Josh Kaskoff said in a statement. As Tamara Lanier and her family have said for years, it is time for Harvard to let Retney and Delilah, uh, Delia, I'm sorry, come home. Retney, Renty and Delia. Renty and Delia, come home. So Harvard doesn't own these things. But again, even if you go and get a photographer... Uh, and they take pictures, they own those pictures until you purchase them from them. So perhaps if uh, if this woman wants to purchase the photographs from Harvard, maybe something could be done that way, and then she would own them. Then they're hers. She's in possession of them, and she can decide when they're shown or not shown, I guess. But again, the other question is, these things are from the 1850s. Does anybody really own these photographs? They're in the public domain. This is as a historian, anything like that should be in the public domain, not in the possession of someone that they can profit from these things. You go to the Library of Congress, all those photographs from a certain point are in the public domain. Now they say, well, you have to give us credit and say this is where you got them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think even that stuff is sometimes silly. They're in the public domain. It's public domain stuff. Anything before 1970 should just be in the... Anything in the 19th century in particular should all be public domain. 18th century, 17th century is public domain. Harvard spokesman Rachel Dane said the university is reviewing the decision. She also stressed the original daguerreotypes are in archival storage and not on display, nor have they been lent out to other museums for more than 15 years because of their fragility. If you don't know, a daguerreotype is essentially on glass. It's what it is. It's a, it's a burned image into glass. And they're really striking because there's depth to them. Um, I remember there was a, a, a modern artist that went out and did daguerreotypes of uh, soldiers, uh, in, you know, black and white daguerreotypes, and they were amazing. Modern soldiers, right? This was U.S. soldiers. They're amazing stuff because of the depth and the clarity of the image. So many ways it's better than a photograph on paper. These things are are amazing things, and so, but they're they're glass, so they can break, and of course, if they break, they're gone forever. Harvard has and will continue to grapple with this historic connection to slavery and views this inquiry as part of its core academic missions, she said in a statement. Harvard also strives to be an ethical steward of the millions of historical objects from around the globe within its museum and library collections. So this is their stuff, and they get to decide what to do with it. 
But here's the, uh, here's the catch. In April, Harvard released a report and pledged to spend $100 million to study and atone for its extensive ties to slavery, including plans to identify and support the descendants of enslaved people who labored at the Ivy League campus. Well, you see, someone like... Uh, uh, someone like Tamara Lanier. Now, this was done after she filed her suit, but that's a big bunch of change sitting out there. Does she not deserve some of that cash? Because you've got these these daguerreotypes. Those are her people. Those are her ancestors. Should they not? Should that money not go to her? Because that's damaging her. That's damaging her mental state. You see, it's the cash and it's power. That's what it's all about. It's a shakedown. And I think that's the worst part of all of this. Uh, all the cancel culture stuff. And I'm going to talk about Lincoln tomorrow and the Lincoln bus that was removed. And while Lincoln to me, and you get my class on Lincoln, uh, Lincoln is so troubling. Uh, and the, the image of Lincoln as the great emancipator and all these things is just completely hogwash. Uh, I don't think Lincoln should be removed from anywhere. But you can see why he would be. If we take cancel culture to its extreme, which this is what the, the woke social justice warriors want to do, then all, the Lincoln has to come down. He has to come down. You can't pick and choose. He has to come down. All of this has to come down. Even the Constitution has to come down. And I'm going to tie these things together with Lincoln and the Constitution tomorrow. Lanier's suit, which was filed in 2019, deals with a series of 1850 daguerreotypes depicting a South Carolina man identified as Renty Taylor and his daughter, uh, Delia Taylor. Both were posed shirtless and photographed from several angles and images commissioned by Harvard biologist uh, Louis Agassiz, whose theories on racial differences were used to support slavery in the United States. In her lawsuit, Lanier argued that the Taylors were her ancestors and that these photos were taken against their will. She demanded the photos from Harvard, saying the school had exploited the portraits for profit. And there is, I mean, you can go back, there's a 2019 piece from AP explaining her position um, where you know this was uh, the the fo the money that they made should have been returned to Lanier or other people that are her descendants and not pocketed by Harvard University but see now that Harvard has a hundred million dollars well maybe some maybe a few hundred thousand can go into Lanier's pocket and that would make her feel better, and Harvard could keep the photos, and, but maybe with her permission to show them, or whatever the case may be. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see where this goes. But this is an interesting historical position, and of course, it shows you where cancel culture is going. And we're going to see another extension of it tomorrow when I talk about Lincoln. But we'll wait for that one. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. I'll see you tomorrow for the next one. See you then. <laughs>